please stand with us and sing. Take us to the river. Take us there in unity to sing song of your salvation. With this generation for our King, the song of your forgiveness. For it is with grace that river flows. Take us to the river in the city of our God. Take us to your throne room. Give us ears to hear the cry of hell, for that cry is mercy. Mercy to the fallen sons of men, mercy it has triumphed. Triumph over judgment by your blood. Take us to the throne room in the city of our God. For the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon us. This is the year of the Lord. Good morning. Welcome to worship on this beautiful Sunday morning, and the peace of Christ be with you all. And let us greet one another.
And let us join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we thank you and we praise you for gathering us here to be There's a peace I've come to know. Though my heart and flesh may fail, there's an anchor for my soul.
have our scripture lesson today, which comes from the Gospel of Luke, the 16th chapter. We will read from Luke chapter 16, the first 13 verses. You can find that on page 955 in your pew Bibles. Or if you have a large print, it's in the New Testament, page 107. We are going to read about the parable of the dishonest manager. Now, just to make sure everybody knows what a parable is, a parable is a story that Jesus would tell in order to illustrate a point. And the good thing is, is that after the parable's over, Jesus usually gives us some explanation, which thank God for that. Sometimes we need a little bit of explanation there. So if you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? starting with verse 1. Then Jesus said to his disciples, there was a rich man who had a manager and charges were brought to him that this man was squandering his property. And so he summoned him and said to him, what is this that I hear about you? Give me an accounting of your management because you cannot be my manager any longer. And then the manager said to himself, what will I do now that my master is taking the position away from me? I am not strong enough to dig and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do so that when I am dismissed as manager, people may welcome me into their homes. So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he asked the first, how much do you owe my master? And he answered, a hundred jugs of olive oil. And he said to him, take your bill, sit down and make it 50. And then he asked another, and how much do you owe? And he replied, a hundred containers of weed. And he said to him, take your bill and make it 80. And his master commended the dishonest manager because he acted shrewdly. For the children of this age are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourself by means of dishonest wealth so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into the eternal homes. Whoever is faithful in a very little, is faithful also in much. And whoever is dishonest in very little is dishonest also in much. If then you have not been faithful with the dishonest wealth, who will entrust you with true riches? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to another, who will give you what is your own? No slave can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Amen. Thank you, choir. And let us join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we thank you and we praise you for blessing us so that we can be here at this time. Pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our minds so that all that we do and all that we say can be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. So this parable that we just read can actually be a bit of a tricky one. But the good thing is, as I mentioned, after Jesus tells a parable, he usually stops to explain the parable to his disciples. And Luke gives us a little snippet of that explanation at the end of those 13 verses that we just read. But in part of that explanation that we just read, there are two verses that I want us to pay attention to today. The first verse is one that's quite popular, and it's one that I really sometimes like to just sit with because it's an important verse. And this verse is that no one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one or love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Sometimes I do like to just sit with this verse. And, and not only just the wealth part, wealth could be the temptation that some people have, but I don't think that wealth is necessarily the only thing that people can be divided between. I think that we have to understand we cannot serve God and whatever our temptation is. If we have a temptation, if there's something that's tempting, something that can pull us away from God, we have to be aware that we cannot serve God and whatever that temptation is, whatever it may be. But as much as I love that verse, and I did want to point that out here this morning, this is not actually our focal verse for today. The verse that I want to focus on this morning is actually this one. This is a verse that I just love and I think is so powerful and so so true, and I hope you guys agree with me. Well, with me and Jesus, because Jesus is the one who said it. But this is the verse. Whoever is faithful in a very little is faithful also in much. And whoever is dishonest in a very little is dishonest also in much. This verse, just sit with this verse, read this verse over and over a few times if you, if you can, because this is the verse that, that I think is just so powerful and so true. And I tell you, I'm going to tell you a secret about myself today. I mean, it's not very much of a secret. It's kind of a two-part secret. But the first part is that I really like people. I'm like one of those annoying people who really likes people. Like I meet somebody and I almost instantly see like the good part in them. And I'm such a people person that I'll just like I immediately usually think that someone is such a good person. And then my husband, who thinks in a completely different way than I do, is often like, okay, hold on, Miss Naive. You know, like you got to be a little careful here. There could be a couple red flags. Everybody isn't the nicest person in the world. And, and so, so often I meet somebody and I see the best in people. I love seeing the best in people. I love seeing the potential that people have, that God-given potential that people have. I love seeing the goodness in people to the point that it, sometimes it's also a bit of a flaw of mine. But here's the thing. There's a, a line in the sand that I draw. There's a line in the sand where somebody, if they cross it, then it just irks me. And all of a sudden, all these red flags go up, and I no longer see the best in that person. This, I told you, a little moment of honesty here. And the one, that line in the sand that creates all of those red flags for me is dishonesty. When people are not honest, 
when they are not honest, when they lie about things, and especially those ridiculous things, when they lie about things, when they could tell the truth, when they lie about things, that's when suddenly I draw a line in the sand and I'm no longer as naive as I sometimes can be. That's when all of those red flags go up. Because I'll tell you, I'm the kind of person where if somebody messes up, I'm okay with that. Who hasn't messed up in their life? I mean, I've messed up in my life. I can't tell you how many times I've had to help people do community service here in church because they got in trouble with some kind of legal entity one way or another. And then I love our teenagers. We'll usually, like, they'll have a friend who gets arrested for, like, a fake ID or something, and they're like, and they need community service hours. They don't know what to do. And our teenagers are like, oh, just go see my pastor. She'll help you. Like, you know, I'm okay with the fact that people mess up. Like, we're human, especially as we're growing. We grow. We make mistakes. We mess up. I am totally okay with that. I am okay with people being open and honest about their flaws and their mistakes. That is perfectly okay with me. I understand that. But the one thing, that one red flag, that one thing that just gets me and irks me is when people are continuously dishonest. And I'm not talking about little fibs here or there, like telling a story. Maybe you exaggerate a little bit. Everybody does that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about big lies, lies that just aren't necessary because I have a thing about honesty, so much so that my kids know this. My kids know that, and this is where I'm going to steal a little bit of lawyer words here from my husband. My kids know that when dealing with me, I want to know the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help them, God. I want to know the truth because if they get into trouble, if they do something, and they don't tell me the whole truth, and I find out the rest of the truth later, that's when they're going to be in trouble. I want to know the whole truth. And my husband and I, we sit down with our kids and we explain them to this. We say, even if you get into trouble, we want to know the whole truth. Even if you get into trouble, we want to know every single detail because that's how we can help you. That's how we can maybe help you to get out of trouble or, or figure out what you need to do. That's how we can help you remedy the situation. We want to know the whole truth because in knowing the whole truth, that is how we as parents can help our children. I have a thing about honesty and even my kids know it. And the reason why I have a thing about honesty is because listen to what the second part of this verse that Jesus said. Jesus said it. I didn't even say it. Jesus said it. I mean, I repeated it. But listen to the second part of the verse. Whoever is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. Think about people who you've encountered in your, in your life, and they've been dishonest about little things, like, like ridiculous things. And then so often, you'll find out that that person who's dishonest in little things, they'll end up being dishonest in greater things, won't they? If they're dishonest in some things, they're going to be dishonest in other things as well. So I'm going to you know, say that Jesus might be part of the reason why I have this little hiccup about me, why I'm just not a fan of honesty. But I'm going to tell you a story. So a couple years ago, I was sitting in my office, and I was working, but I was multitasking. I was also listening to a friend's sermon. I love listening to sermons. I especially love listening to my friends preach. I love supporting my friends' ministries. I love donating to my friends' ministries and supporting to them in other ways. And, and the great thing about being online is I love when I can stop and I can tune in to the sermons that my friends preach the Sunday before. And so one day I was sitting in my office, and I was doing some work, and I was playing a service from my friend's church, and, and I was listening to his sermon 
and and and, you know, he's preaching, he's a great preacher, and he's preaching and preaching, and then all of a sudden it kind of gets my attention, grabs my attention, because he starts telling a story, and he tells the story as if it's his own story, and it made me pause right there with everything that I was doing. I was no longer multitasking, but suddenly I was fully focused on everything that he was saying, because that story that he was telling as if it was his own, do you think it was his own story? No. How did I know it was not his own story? Because I was with him a couple weeks earlier when somebody else told us that story. And so I was like, oh, no, no. And I told you how I am with honesty. Like, always tell me the truth. If you want to know something about me, always tell me the truth, good or bad. I want to know it. Unless I look bad, then you don't have to tell me the truth. But otherwise, always tell me the truth. And, and so I, you know, I rewound the sermon. I went back, and I was like, well, please, please, God, just say that, like, he said that this wasn't his story. You know, I use other people's stories all the time. I try to give the other person credit, though. So I was like, you know, let, let's go back. And I rewound, and I was like, please say somewhere that this isn't his own story. And so I rewound and listened really carefully, and he never did that. And I was just, uh, it just gave me that feeling. I told you how I am about honesty. It just gave me that feeling in the, the pit of my stomach. And then a couple years later, he ended up getting in trouble for some pretty big stuff, like into some serious trouble. And you know what I thought about? Whoever is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. And I'll tell you, I'll be friends with everybody. Like, I have a problem. I like people and way too much. And, and I will see the best in just about everybody. But when people are dishonest, that's where the red flags go up. Because whoever is dishonest in very little is dishonest in much. By the way, I think my kids can quote that verse for you. And I think that there's a reason. Now, I was doing some, some little Googling research, you know, trying to think about things like honesty and trust and why that's all so important. And I came across a writer named Emmeline Sokin Huberty, and she put together a list, a longer list than I'm going to share with you, but a list of reasons why, like, honesty and trust are so important, not just in personal relationships, but also in business relationships and all of that. And she says that trust creates meaningful connections. And just think about this. When we trust somebody, that's when we can really connect with them. When we trust somebody, we'll, we'll tell them what's really going on in our lives. We'll tell them those deeper stories. We'll connect to them in a deeper way. Trust also improves communication, by the way. We've got a couple over here who's getting ready to get married next week, you know, so this is an important thing. But for all of us, trust improves communication. The more that we trust one another, the more that we trust our partners, the more that we trust our family, the more that there is trust, the better we will communicate with one another. Trust also increases productivity, apparently. I think that's a workplace situation. But trust, and I think this is big in relationships, trust promotes self-confidence. Think about it. When we trust, we can be more self-confident. And here's one that I really love. Trust reduces stress. That's good. Trust also creates a healthier community. It's why we have to be able to be open and honest with one another. When we as a community of faith can be open and honest with one another, when we know that we can rely on one another, it creates a healthy community. Trust is an important foundation for any community. For any workplace, for any relationship, whatever it might be, trust is such an important foundation. And here's the whole entire point of why I'm telling you all this. Trust is also an important part of our relationship with 
God. We need to be trustworthy. If we want God to be able to use us with the guidance of the Holy Spirit in this world. Now again, God knows that we're human and God knows that we're going to mess up in life. I'll tell you, I've had so many times in my life where I've had to pray to God and be like, oh God, I'm so sorry. I messed up. I messed up. I got myself in this situation. I need your help getting me out of this situation. And God always does. By the way, I realize that that happens a lot less as I get older. The younger I was, you guys remember that? The younger I was, the more I had those, oh no, I messed up. God, I need some Holy Spirit, you know, to guide me through, to help me get out of this situation. The older that I get, I can't think about doing that that often. But God knows that we're not going to be perfect. God knows that we're going to mess up. We are human after all. But God, it, God will bless us in a way if we mess up and if we are faithful, if we are honest, if, if God can trust us and we mess up in our life and then we turn to God, here's the thing that I have realized. God is faithful. Have you ever heard that expression and maybe you didn't fully understand it before? God is faithful. Here is what this means. God is faithful. I will tell you when I have made mistakes in my life and messed up and asked God for help and for guidance from the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit was right there. When I have messed up, the Holy Spirit led me out of that trouble that I got myself in. When I got myself into maybe a bad situation, the Holy Spirit led me right out because God is faithful faithful and God is faithful to us. We can trust that God will be there with us and will be there for us whenever we need. But even though God is faithful, if we want God to be faithful faithful to us, we need to be faithful too. We need to be faithful to God. This doesn't just mean having faith that, that God exists, but this also means being honest, being trustworthy, If God plants a seed on our heart, if God says, Gay, you need to do this thing, I'm going to give you the gifts that you need, we need to be faithful. We can't just say, oh, sorry, God, (laughs) not right now, not a good time. (laughs) We have to be faithful. God has to be able to trust that those gifts that we are given, we will put to work. God is faithful to us. I mean, just give you don't have to raise your hand or anything, but give me a nod of your head. If God has ever been faithful to you and helped get you out of a situation, if you've ever felt the Holy Spirit guide you and bless you. Yeah. If I was sitting in the pews, I might be like shaking my whole entire body upside down. I've had so many examples like that, but the reality is that we also need to be faithful. We need to be trustworthy. And let's think about the time of Jesus. At the time of Jesus, the religious elite were not very trustworthy. They were not very faithful. All that they cared about were their own interests. So what did God have to do? God had to send his own son to go mess it all up and then to redeem the people. But if we, if we are faithful, if we are trustworthy, then God can use us. God can guide us. God can plant those seeds in our heart and guide us by the Holy Spirit. And we can make a difference In this world, not only does faithfulness and trust create a better relationship here on earth, but faithfulness and trust creates a better relationship with our God. So here's our homework for this week. Homework. Well, maybe not you two don't have to think about it this much because you got a big week coming up. But for the rest of us, here's our homework. How can we be faithful and trustworthy 
and honest with God? How can we be ready for God to plant a seed on our hearts? How can we be ready for the Holy Spirit to guide us where we need to go? How can we make sure that we are in all things honest, in all things trustworthy, in all things faithful, so that when the big things come along, we will be honest and faithful and true? How can we make sure that if we've got any of that, you know, dishonesty or unfaithfulness in our life, that we can kind of weed that out? How can we make sure that we weed that all out so that we can be faithful to God in the same way that we want God to be faithful to us? I don't have any answers. That's why this is homework. All of our lives look different. How can we take this verse to heart? And the verse that I showed you before, which actually comes after it in verse 13. But how can we take this to heart? To make sure that we will be faithful in the little things so God can entrust us in the big thing. How can we be honest in the little things so that we will be honest in the greater things? Let's join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, sometimes you challenge us to truly be our authentic selves and to be truthful and honest in a way that maybe we haven't been before. Lord, please help us and guide us so that we can be so rooted in you and your faithfulness and your trust that we can be guided by your Holy Spirit. Lord, if there's any dishonesty in us, please root it out. If there is any unfaithfulness in us, please, Lord, root it out. Bless us with the power of your Holy Spirit so that we can be faithful and honest and ready to follow your lead in our lives. And we pray this in every prayer through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now, friends, it's time to continue our work. One, two, three. Four. We stand and lift up our hands For the joy of the Lord is our strength We bow down and worship Him now How great, how awesome is He Together we sing, everyone sing. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth. 
blessing of God. Go forth with the love of Christ. Go forth, be blessed, and be a blessing to all.